And welcome to the program that I'd like to call Tawheed and the Creation, a journey through the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Butasali Mani. This is book six in a series of books written by Butasali, who joins me now. In this program, we focus on the external universe as well as the internal one, that of the human body, through the lens of Tawheed, with the view of growing and strengthening Iman. Now, in previous programs, we looked at the Big Bang as an event at the start of what we understand to be the creation of the universe. We also explored the formation of matter, creation of time and space, and this evening we will now look more deeply at the concept of space as something created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But asali, assalamu alaikum, and welcome to the show once again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, I'm very happy to be here with you. Likewise, Butasali, a pleasure having Butasali with us again. Now, continuing this week with the theme of space and trying to understand it on a deeper level and referencing the space that we are acquainted with somewhat, uh, this universe, which includes the solar system, which includes galaxies, which came into existence through this burst of energy, causing the universe to expand forth. Is that expansion still taking place? In fact, only recently, um, <clears throat> probably just over 50 years ago, scientists actually discovered when they measured certain stars, uh, the distance some time back, and they measured the same stars again, they found that the distance has actually increased. They thought it was an error. So they went through the whole exercise to test distances that they've measured. And they actually found that these stars are in fact moving further away from us. And the conclusion, in fact, it's now a fact that scientists have accepted that space is actually increasing in size. It's expanding, it's becoming bigger. Now, we know what scientists have only confirmed now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken about this in the Quran and said that the universe is expanding. Uh, in verse 51, 47 of the Quran, Allah speaks about this. Now, how big is the universe? Quite frankly, they don't know because as we're speaking, the universe is expanding. But what they can see of the universe with the equipment and the most modern telescopes, they estimate the universe to be 92 billion light years in diameter. 92 billion light years. And I'll explain what a light year is. They say it can even be as big as 42 trillion light years if they were able to get the kind of equipment to measure it but for now we are locked into the situation where we can only measure with the equipment that's available to us 
So it's about 500 times bigger than what they can see with the best and the most uh, advanced equipment that they have around. Does the Quran touch on this expansion of the universe? Yeah, as I've indicated um, uh, Fasih previously and uh, that the Quran in fact in this verse 51-47 speaks about and, and I quote, do they not know that we are indeed expanding the heavens with skillful hands? Allah speaks about it, uh, that the heavens, the universe, are in fact expanding. So how do we measure? Now we, we, we know that a million has got six noughts, a trillion, um, uh, a, a million has six noughts, a billion has nine noughts, a trillion has 12 noughts. And after 12 noughts, no beginning We are running out of they've come up with terms previously where they called it a quadrillion, which means that it's 15 notes. And then they went to pentillion and sextillion and they came up with all of these these other terms. They found it easier though to measure these astronomically vast distances rather using the speed of light. Um, how long does it take for light to travel from one point to another in one second? Now, <clears throat> they use the, the, the thing of light here as a measurement, where we say there's a mile, there's a kilometer, there's a meter, They've used light years as a means of measuring distance. It's the amount of kilometers that light will travel within one, one year. So over a year, they measure the total distance. So what is the, the speed at which light travels? Light travels at the speed of 300,000 kilometers a second 300,000 kilometers in one second if you flick your 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 finger light has traveled 300,000 kilometers now to give us an idea of what that actually means the earth the planet earth the circumference of the planet earth is 40,000 kilometers in diameter 40,000 kilometers. If light travels in one second, 300,000 kilometers, it means that in one second, light goes seven and a half times around the planet Earth in one second. Subhanallah. That gives us an idea in as much as uh, we can comprehend around the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, if we were to look at this world that is governed by certain laws, gravity, maximum velocity, etc. And that we human beings could never hope to travel that fast. I mean, 300,000 kilometers a second due to the limitations of the human body. And here we have light, something that is not made uh, by man, something that Allah has created that travels the speed that, that we could not ever hope to achieve. Now, light is the fastest thing in the entire universe. 
they haven't found anything that travels as fast as light. And light is also a form of energy. It's the original form of energy was actually light, where everything uh, comes from. Now, how they've worked out um, what is a light here? They said, okay, so light travels at 300,000 kilometers. So how many seconds are there in a year? I don't think anybody has actually worked that out. I actually went to my calculator 60 times da, 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 and I came up with a figure and I confirmed that the ESO 31 and a half million seconds in one year. Now you take 31 and a half million seconds and you multiply every second by 300,000 kilometers and you come up with a figure of 93 um, or 95 trillion kilometers. So instead of saying 95 trillion kilometers, they say a light year. So if something, if they say the earth, uh, the universe is potentially 42 trillion light years, for every light year, you must multiply it by 95 trillion. Now the figures get so big, your mind starts switching off. But a light year is a means of measuring vast distances and um, it's equal to 95 trillion kilometers. This is the program, Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Budasali Mani. Stay tuned for more after this. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Budasali Mani. Uh, before the break, we were reflecting on distance as calculated in light speed. When we talk about light energy, we refer to that energy that we know as solar-powered energy, where we capture light transferred into energy. However, how do we understand the broader concept of light energy? We have to explain a bit about, um, from my scientific point now, uh, what light is. Light is an electromagnetic wave. It's a wave that combines electrical energy with magnetic energy, and it's called the electromagnetic wave. That's what light is. Um, now, light is a form of energy. The light carries pockets of energy in small little carriers, minute microscopic uh, 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 carriers of energy. It's called photons. It's made up of photons, and these photons carry the energy. And that energy powers this whole universe. Um, but before we go there, um, it's important also to know that the light is made up of different frequencies. Um, and another word of how frequencies express is wavelength. Um, and uh, it can be used, the carrier, 
uh, light can be used to carry the signals of TVs, radio, cell phones, microwaves, X-rays, cosmic rays, gamma rays, and all of these waves travel at different speeds. It's almost like, um, uh, although they travel at different speeds, uh, but they're all forms of light, and it's all part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, it's important to note that the light that we are talking about is a small little piece of that whole range of all the frequencies that we spoke about, radio, TV, and all of that, in between, squashed in between, all of that is a small piece that we can see. That's called visible light. And it's in between ultraviolet and infrared. Uh, and then you get all the colors uh, running from red to blue. And that is the only piece we can see. The rest is part of light, but it's not visible to the eye. Can we also then say that those colors in the spectrum which are not visible to the human eye can be considered as part of the ghaib or the unseen? Definitely not. Light is a material thing. The moment it was created and it, it became part of the dunya, it is not visible to the eye. So from part of, fr fr from one perspective, because it's not visible to the eye, um, it's part of the ghaib, but then we can go so far as say then, can we then not say virus and bacteria would also be part of the ghaib? No, they form part of the material world. The ghaib is a dimension of existence where the laws of the universe don't apply and the laws of the universe apply completely uh, to light so light forms although we can't see it with the eye except for that small piece um, it's part of the material world and all the laws of the material world apply to that light then looking at that concept of divine light the nur of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can any comparison be made between a physical light coming from a material source like an electric light etc and the divine light Shukran for that question, um, Muhammad Fasih, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks and refers to himself, the Almighty, as the light of the heavens and the earth in verse uh, 2435 of the Holy Quran. Allah says, He is the light of the heavens and the earth. Now, your question before this is light part of the ghaib, the light uh, that we refer to and explain about. And we made a very clear, definite uh, distinction that that is definitely not part of the ghaib. The light of the world is part of the world. It's a created thing. Allah's nur is not created. Allah's nur belongs to Allah and it is one uh, it doesn't change it is utterly perfect so when Allah speaks about Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth it must be understood um, metaphorically 
because how would how would we else uh, uh, be able to understand um, if Allah were to describe Allah's nur, our minds wouldn't even be able to comprehend that. Our minds have not been designed to understand anything like that because now you are talking about the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, a quality uh, that is beyond description. It cannot be measured and it is utterly perfect. Whereas the light of the universe as we know it where that single spark where everything came from that didn't exist at some point at some point there was nothing when we talk about the created world the universe there was no universe there wasn't even that light then Allah created the light so the light had a beginning which means it was created so that light is definitely not and cannot be compared to the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond description. But for us, we use light as a means to describe things um, that's visible. Something that brings things from darkness to light something that brings uh, something into existence we call that light uh, for our purposes as human beings so that we can understand but the difference between the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should never be confused with the material worldly light that we have on this planet the program is Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body authored by Buddha Salim Mani uh, we'll be back right after this لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله This is the program Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Badasali Mani. We've been looking at light or nur. Uh, we know of the du'a made by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we, uh, Rasulullah asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to place in his body and in various places nur so can we also say that the nur described here is also not a physical light like that produced by the sun or the electric bulb yeah no crap was deep <laughs> um, <clears throat> but shukran for the question I'll try my best to answer it um the thing that guides me in answering these questions is that I make a clear distinction between what is part of the material world and what is part of the divine, what comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, when we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must place nur in our hearts, um, we are not referring to a light because you can shine a spotlight on on a, a bad person and it will doesn't do absolutely nothing to him if it's too bright it will just burn his skin <laughs> so the the physical light there's no connection between the physical material light uh, except that it carries um, energy 
and it has a sp- been given a certain function to perform. And that function is partly what we've described. It's a carrier of energy. It's a carrier of information uh, through the through the air. Uh, we can call it ghaib if we want to, but it's part of the physical world. Now, that is definitely not uh, the same as Noor. Noor is something completely different. So definitely we see that this Noor or spiritual radiance is something that is prized highly and desired by the Muslim. Um, now going back to the Big Bang, just like we can say that light is a creation of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the absence of light or darkness, can we say that this is also the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based upon the fact that nothing existed before Allah created the universe, not even what we understand as darkness. Yes. <clears throat> well, ultimately, everything comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It comes back to the concept that we've touched on that is quite difficult to understand. How do things move from the divine to the material world? The moment it moves as a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it to come into existence, then it moves to a different dimension of existence where certain laws now apply to it. If we talk about the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we ask for that um, to enter our hearts, to enter our minds, to enter our actions, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us um, with a quality that is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Something that Allah is pleased with. Now if we talk about the opposite of light, we refer to darkness. Darkness refers to uh, ignorance. Darkness refers to disobedience. It refers to evil. It refers to what is generally bad um, and light is the opposite of that. So when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower his nur on our hearts, um, we must remember what happens to the heart. What happens to the heart if we are involved with things that displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we get too attached to the dunya, uh, we're under the influence of shaitan, our nafs control, all our actions. The more those things happen, the dark veils around our hearts start increasing and becomes more dense. When you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower his nur on us, then it dispels some of the veils. And as the veils of darkness are dispelled, more of the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala penetrates our heart. Now when the, we say the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala penetrates our hearts, we're actually referring to divine baraka, divine knowledge, where Allah starts giving us um, profound understanding and wisdom. For example, when it comes to knowledge, knowledge goes through very three three very distinct phases. Um, the first level of knowledge is where we seek the knowledge and we acquire the knowledge and we understand it with our mind. 
Um, then the next level, when Allah showers His mercy and His blessings on us, then Allah gives us, in the form of nur, Allah gives us wisdom. So what people would understand at one level, other people who have been given that blessing of wisdom will have a more profound and deeper understanding of that. Then there is the level at which the awliya operate, where the knowledge is not just in the form of a deeper understanding with the mind, but it actually falls on their heart and they actually start tasting the knowledge, where they actually experience the knowledge because the mind and the senses, the human senses, can only go to a certain point. Your knowledge of your mind can only take you to the door of the unseen. To enter the door of the unseen world, you have to have a heart that is able to enter and to travel through that area of the unseen world. And it is only with the barakah and the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will be able to get into a position with the barakah of that nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that your heart starts purifying to the extent that the dark veils around your heart are removed and dispelled and more of the direct nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala falls on your heart so that you can understand and operate better at the level of the ghaib. But Sali, we've covered a lot of ground tonight looking at these concepts of space, uh, light, as well as uh, the attempt at getting a basic understanding of what is called divine light. And also looking at the nur of Rasulullah With all that we are discovering, can we say that the aim is not to approach it with the viewpoint of just gaining answers to questions, but that the pursuit of knowledge should be one focused on growing and strengthening one's iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, I think you've, you've really hit it on the head there with that last comment because at the end of the day, the knowledge should not be acquired purely for the sake of knowledge. The knowledge must primarily be sought in order to make us better Muslims. And if we take the knowledge and we practice the knowledge, then one would say, now how do you then get a pure heart so that you can experience more of this divine blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because we are blocking. The blessings are all out there. The blessings are all out there. Allah is wanting to give us the benefit of his love, his barakah, his generosity, all of those things. It's waiting there. And the thing that's blocking us from getting the benefit of that is the state of our hearts. And the state of our hearts is that our uh, states are directly coupled to the kind of activity that we are involved in on a daily basis. And just as a short thing, if, if I speak to people, uh, I say, listen, this path is not difficult to travel. You must just have a soft heart, a compassionate heart, care for people and be thankful to Allah. This day, you don't have to do many things to become a better Muslim. Just have a soft heart, care for other people, don't be selfish, do simple things. Those are 
powerful, powerful tools to actually get better hearts, hearts that's filled with nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the people in the, in the, from the, 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 the times before, they became awliya. They didn't have any degrees. And the reason why they became such great uh, beloved people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is because they were compassionate, they had good hearts, they followed in the example of Rasulullah as far as they could without, without having all the fancy degrees and all of that. So it's not how much you know. In fact, sometimes how much you know can be a, 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 a noose around your, your neck. Because the more you know, the better person you are supposed to become. But if you stick to the basics, try and have a soft, compassionate heart and follow the things out of love for, uh, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then be sincere in what you do and make effort and leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On that note, we'll end our program for this evening. Indeed, it has been interesting and such a pleasure. Uh, but Asali, shukran so much. Shukran. Uh, it was uh, I, my apologies for maybe going too deep into some of the concepts, but I hope, I hope inshallah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us the true understanding of some of these things. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. From myself, Muhammad Fasih Peterson. Till I speak to you again, inshallah, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi and have a fantastic evening further. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah La hawla 